We should just cue the music. Hello there. I am Iron Man. I am your father. I'm Batman. Why so serious? I know, right? If you think it's nerdy, we got you covered. Tell me, do you play it? Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need to answer. Just take my money already! Just do it! I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. It's so dark! Do you see that from the DC Universe? We know each other! She's a friend from work! We were doing it everywhere. And I mean everywhere. At the office. After hours. Over the phone. On the weekend. Get your head out of the gutter. We were talking about comic books, shows, and movies. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So now we bring you Just Another Nerd Show with Jason Whistle and Kevin Hilston. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Just Another Nerd Show. I'm Jay. Joining me is Kev. We're here to talk about all the things that are geek this week. Kev, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? My geek is showing. My geek is showing. <laughs> well, luckily, it's an audio-only podcast, so no one's going to see your geek. Oh. We just went there, didn't we? <laughs> we got to start off the show some way. What's the thing they did on The Office where he comes in the room and he goes, sex? Sorry, now that I have your attention. Well, <laughs> we could we could do that. We can make that our thing now. Hello, everyone. My geek is showing. Let's get ready to sex. talk some stuff. <laughs> we have a lot to cover in this show. We're going to be reviewing The Atom Project. We're going to be talking Miss Marvel. And we're going to talk about some future casting rumors potentials lots of stuff to cover and as always if you don't like something you heard on this show if you do like something you heard on this show if you think these guys are just nuts if you think man these guys should officiate my wedding or something like that I don't know I don't know where the middle ground is but feel free to hit us up on Twitter at another nerd show we're trying to be more active on there we're trying to give you guys a voice show our voice a bit more off the waves um, but definitely the question this week coming out of the Miss Marvel trailer, I asked you guys, what do you think about this uh, change in her power set a little more? And I got some good reviews. I got some bad reviews. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. Um, but yeah, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. The big story this week, though, and that's what leads into our first topic, is the Adam Project. Holy cow, Wiss, what a movie. Sean Levy, Ryan Reynolds teaming up for movie two out of three. We know that Deadpool 3, uh, they're they're going to team up again and work on that. But holy cow, The Atom Project, what a movie. I have to say, I think possibly the best thing for Ryan Reynolds going forward is finding Sean Levy, is being able to have that relationship with a director that you know isn't just an action director, isn't just a comedy director. Because if you take a look at Sean Levy's directorial filmography, there are a lot of movies with a surprising amount of heart. Um, Free Guy, for as out there as that movie is, ton of fun, arguably one of the best films, I'd say, of the pandemic. Where they turned, what, a pop Mariah Carey song into, and they they had Jodie Comer uh, do a cover of it and turned it into one of the most heartfelt songs that just hits you with freaking daggers through your heartstrings mm-hmm. like right at the end of the movie oh it's just beautiful but the thing is is that every movie that sean levy directs seems to have that amount of heart even the apprenticeship with vince vaughn and owen wilson and and if you had asked me 
you know, before I, I even started a podcast that I would watch a Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson movie and come out going, you know, with the feels, um, yeah. I would, I would laugh right in your face, but there's a lot of that in, he just finds a way of bringing out the human heart element of the characters, no matter how, no matter how outlandish the scenario is that they're in. And that was the big thing about free guy to me is that, you know, you felt for this NPC, you felt for this developer couple, you felt for everyone. I mean, aside from Antoine, right? You fell for everyone that was there. No, but even Antoine was such an uh, interesting character Mm -hmm. where he's talking about like, if I have any gamers on my show or anyone who's played Call of Duty in the last two, three years, we are pulling our goddamn hair out because every few months they drop another battle pass and there's no updates and it's just the game is in the worst state ever and then they're constantly talking about it in free guy where they're like not to get too sidetracked here but but long story short they basically expose how these video game developers think where they're like yeah i was lying like that line i was like yeah that's (laughs) meant for laughs but oh it's so true uh, if you're going to sit there and uh, and and drink the Albuquerque boiled turkey on that one, but but <laughs> what's what was his line on that one? He goes, "If I sell Kentucky Fried Chicken and everyone likes Kentucky Fried Chicken, why would I sell from another company?" I don't Albuquerque, know, Albuquerque boiled, boiled, boiled turkey, turkey <laughs> which has to be. It sounds like the most disgusting meal you could ever possibly want to even try, and I don't yeah. think anyone wants to try it. But yeah. but but a ton of heart like even everything yeah. even right down to the score like Millie's yeah. theme and free guy like I was humming that for days and the yeah. thing the thing with with um with the Adam project is it's not just Ryan Reynolds deadpooling all over the place for two hours it's Ryan Reynolds really digging into the feels that that you you know you don't normally associate with him being silly on screen. And when you watch the trailers, it's like, okay, so it's Ryan Reynolds and supposedly young Ryan Reynolds just kind of riffing on each other in some kind of adventure. But there is there is way more of a gut punch in this storyline and in the character development and in the interactions with the characters. And it takes a director of Sean Levy's caliber. Um, like every, Seemingly every movie he puts out I become more of a Sean Levy fan because he does for Ryan Reynolds films uh, what Erwin Kirshner did for The Empire Strikes Back and you know in Star Wars. He turned it from he turned it from just an action um, serial inspired sci fi flick into. I mean, Empire was the first time you really had more of a character study in the likes of Han and Leia and Luke and. That's why Empire has consistently and always will be considered one of, if not the best Star Wars films ever made. That that, that is entirely in the hands of Erwin Kirshner because he he studied those characters more than just you know space dogfighting and laser yeah. swords. You know he built more from that, and in allowing in seeing Ryan Reynolds not just as Deadpool, not just mm-hmm. as quips and funny lines and swear words and potty humor. It allows us to get to know 
not maybe not get to know more of what who Ryan Reynolds really is because he does he does a lot of charity work. There's a lot of donations. There's a lot of there's a lot of him and his wife Blake Lively really trying to do the best with all the good fortunes that they have. So the partnership between Levy, who is able to create um, heartfelt films in crazy situations, with someone who who seemingly does have the best heart out there but can make a lot of good quips, put them together, make fun movies, and you have a gem, like a, a legit Netflix hit. And if this was in theaters, it'd be a box office hit. Yeah, this might be... Uh, I'm thinking Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds will be the next Adam McKay, Will Ferrell team-up. Because in the uh, early 2000s, Anchorman, Step Brothers... Uh, uh, Oh, there's another one in there as well. I can't quite remember right now. Um, oh, Talladega Nights. Uh, these these guys were farting out comedy movies like uh, like it was their day job. It was their day job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is their day job. But they, they did it with such efficiency and they just knew exactly what everyone was looking for. And I feel like with uh, Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds, what they're doing with, at least with Free Guy and with The Adam Project, is that they're writing a great script first and foremost and then they're decorating it with things that are very current in pop culture and things that they know people are looking for and what people want so you want like a top gun dogfight there's that in this movie you want a heartfelt story that's super well written and freaking tugs at your heartstrings that's fantastic that was the basis of their storyline but they also give you that time travel sci-fi action uh, where they're making quips and it's just, it's so beautifully done, this movie. Awesome. And I like the fact that um, it's, it's, it's a great use of Jennifer Garner. Like, I think people forget just how good an actress she is, you know, because you know, some people might just point to, oh, I don't know, Electra and go, yeah, but, you know, Electra. But, you know, yeah, she in, was incredible in this. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. Recent movies that she's done, uh, like Yesterday and like this, she's obviously transitioned into that, you know, really good at playing a good mom kind of thing. But this isn't just like, you know, the, the good mom. This is a good mom who's going through a lot. And she, you know, shows that vulnerability. She shows that, you know, she's trying her best and not always succeeding. And uh, again, there's just, humanity in everyone in this film yeah i think the interesting thing though will be because it was announced that sean levy and ryan reynolds would team up again for deadpool 3 i'm curious because you saw it in free guy and we're gonna i know you have a list you saw a lot of it into in the adam project and how they are very aware and very capable of weaving in that kind of, you know, comic book lore or at least, you know, comic book fan service. Um, so fans of the sci-fi genre, fans of the video game, uh, you know, movie genre and fans of, you know, comic book movie genre as we're going to get with Deadpool 3. Um, they're getting a lot of those references, you know, and it also shows, I mean, especially with Free Guy, you know, we had Cap Shield. We had the Hulk hands. We had, you know, Chris Evans himself make a quick spot in the film. So it shows that Sean Levy can, you know, can work within, you know, that that MCU type structure because he was able to negotiate this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, they were in the middle of the uh, the Fox buyout at the time of uh, Chris Evans and the lightsaber showing up and the Captain America shield and the Hulk hand and everything mm-hmm. at the end of Free Guy. They were in the middle of a, a, a buyout, Fox was. And I believe, actually, this movie was supposed to come out before the buyout was done. And they had shot this stuff, you know, just, just for fun. And then I think the pandemic hit and it got pushed back and then pushed back again and then pushed back again. And then magically it was able to be put in the movie and I think it made it so much better Mm -hmm. it was such a great fan moment in the theater and that's the thing like you know they are writing smart scripts that fans of various genres are going to uh, are going to recognize and going to draw towards I mean you saw it yourself in the Adam Project you 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 tell me you had a list yeah I wrote uh, I wrote a short novel uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, I got, uh, I was watching it. So I watched the movie three times. The first time I watched it for enjoyment. Um, the second time, uh, I had a friend over and she just talked through it. So I, I was staring at her with daggers in my eyes and she was looking at me like, I don't know why he's looking at me that way. Like, so. <laughs> and internally your, your mind is going, yeah. get out. I'm looking at her like, like I'm doing my homework. Okay. Like this is for the show. No, and then I watched it a third time, um, and I, yeah, I just noticed stuff, it, like just a crazy amount. Like, if you want, I can get into it. I, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because I mean, like, there's some that were very, very obvious, like you know, yes, you know, calling that, you know, whatever stick that he was using, the lightsaber and whatnot. But yes. I, I'm curious, you know, because if you if you sat there um, with a notebook, I, I'm, I'm just curious how much you picked up on this. Well, okay, so for starters, The Adam Project, I believe, is a reference to, obviously, the kid's name's Adam, but I think it's a direct reference to The Manhattan Project, because at the time of The Manhattan Project being developed, it was a world-changing invention. So Manhattan uh, being inventing nukes, Adam being inventing time travel, so I think that's kind of like the whole title of the movie, uh, a bit of a pun or a bit of a knockoff on The Manhattan Project. I noticed Maximum Effort Productions... That's Ryan Reynolds' production company, but also a reference to Deadpool. Masterfully done. Um, I said when Adam finds his older self in the cabin or in the shack in their backyard in the woods, um, it felt a lot like Iron Man 3, actually. I don't know if they meant for it to feel that way, but it felt very like the little kid finding Iron Man in the shack. Mm -hmm. And then they have this banter back and forth and like, where's your mom? Well, she's out tonight. And then, of course, in Iron Man 3, we know that plays differently, where he's like, where's your dad? And he goes, well, he's been out. He went to go get milk, but that was 10 years ago, so I guess you have a beat. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it did have an Iron Man 3, but it also felt a little E.T.-esque, I found. Yes, I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote down, is this a lightsaber Star Wars joke, which gets paid off later? Um, oh, and then I got a nice uh, deep dive here. So when older Adam, Ryan Reynolds, tells younger Adam, he goes, I know everything about you. I know that your birthday is February 10th, 2010. Now, this date intrigued me. I looked up all of the people involved, all their kids' birthdays, everyone. Nobody even has a birthday in February. And nothing even remotely happened in 2010. So I went diving even further, and I found that on this day... The New York Times published multiple articles titled Back to the Future. And they were talking about baseball teams from the 2002. But I found it quite interesting that a huge news outlet 
named multiple articles Back to the Future and we're dealing with a time travel movie. So on this date, this birth date, I know it's probably a huge stretch, but I found it interesting at least. Okay, but if you're taking a look, okay, they said February 10th, 2010, correct? February 10th, 2010. So 02102010. Okay, but I'm, I'm going to throw something at you here. Okay. A little math here. If you rearrange the way the date is written and you go day, month, year, it is 10.02. No, that doesn't even work. I was about to say, it's, no. al- it's, al- it's almost like it's backwards. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's almost a palindrome if you, wrote, if you, if you write it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so then I noticed that the dog's name is Hawking, named after Stephen Hawking. Adam's mm-hmm. dad is a scientist, likely idolized Hawking, and it got passed down to young Adam. Uh, I think his dad's name's Louise. I think I caught that. They didn't call him by his name a whole lot. They just no, called him dad. Just called him dad. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Reynolds calling Hulk daddy. Call, call him daddy. <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to get tossed back in his face. Well, no, no, three. no, because Netflix actually put out a tweet. Uh, you know, advertising the film, uh, and basically said uh, Mark Ruffalo is Ryan Reynolds' daddy, right? And that's oh, how they yeah. kind of described the film. To which Ryan Reynolds' response, in in very true Ryan Reynolds fashion, was, "Well, in all fairness, I've been calling him daddy for years." So, kudos. That's the most to- Ryan Reynolds' response I've ever heard Absol- in my life. Absolutely, but I think Netflix kind of know, you know, knew that they were going to get some kind of response like that, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the, "Hey, we're going to tweet this," you know. Get me ready for your response. Yeah, there you go. Get a nice company email for that. Exactly. Uh, okay, then they make their way through the woods uh, after Adam has to convince him that he's him. And they have a little chit-chat back and forth. Then he says, my ship is damaged. And they go into the cockpit of older Adam's ship. At this point, they make a reference to the multiverse. Uh, and older Adam shuts it down really quickly by just saying, my God, we watch too many movies. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's a subtle jab at what they're doing right now, not just with Marvel, but what but they've everything. been doing like with DC and with everything, that everybody's trying to make a multiverse now, that everything's connected, and Adam's like, no, shut up, kid. You don't know what you're talking about. It's actually not that complicated. It's go back, you know, obviously we'd find this out later. You go back. And you just stop time from ever being invented, and that's it. It's a linear time. The The stuff in the future changes when you change the stuff in the past. So it's not at all like Marvel. <laughs> I, I do have to say, and being a Doctor Who massive fan that I am, um, when they go back in time and they meet themselves, the only thing I can hear in my head is either Matt Smith or David Tennant complaining about a paradox. And I'm just like... A paradox. A paradox. Not a paradox. A, which also, not a pair of docs. Now, if we have a Doctor <laughs> Who in a pair of docs, talking about a paradox, then then we can talk palindromes. But anyways, go on. Wiss, you make my mind run. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make other people run from this podcast if I keep up with the dad jokes. But, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> Stay for or uh, come for the nerdisms and stay for the dad jokes. That is whistle one hundred and one right there. Hey. <laughs> so fast forward a little bit. Um, we have to get some supplies for older Adam at the drugstore. Outside the drugstore, there's a fight between uh, bully Ray and young Adam. I thought it seemed very familiar 
maybe this was Ryan Reynolds having some input, but this looked and felt very similar to the opening scene in Deadpool 1, where it's like, I call it the bedazzled jeans line, mm-hmm. um, where he pushes Ray up against the wall. There's another guy off to the side, and he's telling him to zip it. And the guy on the, the that's the third guy has no idea what he's doing there. Like it was just written very similarly. And then Ray's jacket on top of that looks very similar to the guy that was like a stalker or something, or, or Lovsky, or I guess no, it was, it was that was the chick's name that he was stalking. Mm-hmm. But either way, it, it looked like his jacket. So I was like, oh, maybe that's like a little subtle hint to it. Um, and then moving on to the my next one that I noticed was the bar scene. Now this one absolutely tugged at my heartstrings because I am a mama's boy to and through, okay? Um, and they never confirmed it, but it was at that point that I thought for sure Jennifer Garner was gone. I'm like, no way, like the mom is going to pass away at some point. Uh, and they're having this moment at the bar and Ryan Reynolds is just so emotional because clearly he knows everything that's going to happen, right? He's Mr. Future. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there and he has to reassure his mom that everything's going to be okay. And I I just like, I I got really emotional just thinking about it. Um, And then when he ends it off and he walks away and he goes, he loves you more than he knows. And Jennifer Garner basically turns around and is like, what the shit? Like, just like, (laughs) who are you? Like, it it was just like, I, I was convinced at this point that it's somewhere in the timeline that Jennifer Garner's character passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really hit Adam because I'm like I'm thinking near the end now my third time watching it that this older Adam is not just grieving for his father like the young Adam is he's I think he's grieving multiple parents and the loss of his wife well, so it's like he's had a because, lot of bad stuff yeah especially because he he describes the future as you know you, you saw Terminator 2 it's like, it's like that but worse right so yeah because we don't know what the future is going to be like so you know in in stopping time travel it's it's almost like he's he has that kind of flash type moment of trying to go back and save Nora Allen but then you know, we get a flashpoint paradox again paradox kind of thing but as you were talking <laughs> paradox. A, para, a pair of docs not a paradox um but I, but as you were talking about jennifer garner i and refresh my memory on this one here because I, I i need to get a reference here how old is young adam when uh in this roughly do you 12 think? years old 12 years old his birth his birthday is february 2nd or mm-hmm. sorry february 10th 2010 this is in 2022 okay so ballpark but i mean like yes it is it is 2022 that we see this right um so he's turning 13 and how old is older adam in this uh ballpark do we think at the end of the movie he makes a joke in the elevator about it only took you 44 years to show me your work but no if it's no no let's let's we actually have the math because if he's coming from the year 2050 right he'd be 40 Okay, because I, you know, I, I all of a sudden had that moment and I'm like, okay, now I have to do the math because, of course, Jennifer Garner was in 13 going on 30 with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So I was just curious if, if they had scripted it in a way that the ages kind of lined up. I mean, close, but, you know, that's just one of those things where, you know, mm-hmm. you know me, I like my six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing. So the fact that they were they were in 13 going on 30 together, that's uh, 
you know, just just one of those things. As, you know, speaking of people going backwards and forwards in time, mm-hmm. just add you're adding it to the list now. I oh can, yeah, I can almost I, I'm literally. I type it as I go. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought you had a notebook and a pen. Notebook and no. a pen? No, God no. No, God no. Write it in cursive, damn it. Write it in cursive. My cursive uh, writing is. Uh, if you just wrote I think it's IT, up to par. if you just wrote IT in cursive, that's in write it in cursive. Yes. Again, dad jokes. Dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh God. But I, I, I'm curious too now because I mean you have you know obviously some of these characters that you know or these actors that kind of move forward with the with the same director, um, and uh, and actor combo. But Walker Scoble, who was great oh. in this as young Adam, Incredible. you you had an idea for him in the future. I'm just curious as a as a future casting. Could you picture Walker Scoble? In the MCU. Uh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. That will lead us to... Do you want me to do it now? Yeah, I can do it now. Yeah, let's talk about this now. We will Seems do we're talking our about the Adam first, Project. first fan cast Fridays. We're going to try and do that like every week. So the episodes drop on Thursday, and we will be posting these on Twitter on Friday. Mm-hmm. But you get a day early, viewers, if you listen to this on Thursday. Exactly. So, D- Dear listeners, you are Fridays, treated... Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, just just pause the show now, put your phone down, and then tomorrow, when you're listening to this, pick it up, and then, hey, it's FanCast Fridays. No. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you are FanCast Friday. Let, let, let's hear what you got as for uh, for Walker Scoble. I, so I'm going to preface this with, I think in, it, it's, it, it is in the Marvel Universe, I think they missed the opportunity a little bit in Infinity War. I know there was some... Uh, oh, yeah, in Infinity War and a little bit in Endgame. Um, I know there was talk about it with Richard Ryder and there was some discussion about having Nova, but I feel like once you've destroyed Xandar canonically, you kind of closed off most of your origin story for Nova now. So I feel like there's no better way to introduce... You don't have to do Richard Ryder, but if you did a Sam Alexander... Like mm-hmm. a kid version of Nova, and then you had him run into Deadpool, and now Deadpool's been through two movies, and he had uh, a bit of a epiphany. Obviously, they're going to canonize those two. Like they're they're so oh, not linked to the X Men movies. Um, but in the second Deadpool movie, he did a lot of growing because of Fire Fist. Right? He felt like family was always an F word, and now he's like, well, it's not so bad. So now I think Deadpool is in a mature enough play. <laughs> mature. <laughs> I think he's in a mature enough place to. <laughs> oh God, I can't think can, of that word. You can't now. even I'm, say I'm that so straight Deadpool. now. Deadpool is mature. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I think I think Sam Alexander Nova would be perfect for Walker Scoble because you can, or you, or you make him a kid Richard Ryder and you just pull from both stories. I really, I could care less. I think you'd be make a great Nova. I, he's I think, witty and he's just like Ryan Reynolds, and I love it. I think the Sam Alexander version uh, would probably work best because, uh, again, it's a younger character anyways. And, I mean, we talked a little bit about, like, the the, the various animated series, especially for um, for DC uh, last week. But this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Ultimate Spider-Man version 
of Nova because that Sam Alexander is like very quippy, very like, you know, sharp tongued. And we saw that in the Adam project. We saw the two, two of them able to go, uh, tete a tete, despite the height difference. Uh, like they're both very good quippy actors. I mean, we knew that about Ryan Reynolds. We discovered that about Walker's Goble. If you had a Nova Deadpool team up with Walker Scoble as as a Sam Alexander Nova, mm-hmm. that would be phenomenal. And it'd be it would be interesting too because obviously, you know, with the with the multiverse and a, lo- a lot of the storylines almost leaning more towards a uh, you know a more serious tone going forward. Um, and Deadpool is anything but serious, mature. Um, but <laughs> but picture this okay if walker scoble becomes sam alexander nova and teams up with deadpool then you can literally have and you, you can almost hear you know the, the 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 trailers now deadpool in space which all voiced by ryan reynolds too <clears> yes <course>. absolutely <laughs> exactly like that too you know ryan reynolds sitting there going god Damn it, that's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? But you know, we'll we'll take we'll take money. We will. There's take also money. there's a line at the end of the Adam Project that Walker Scoble says, um, where he goes superhero landing, and I'm like, oh my god, that's like that's catered straight to up. straight like, up, like just straight up, man. Like we're not even hiding it at this point now. Uh, <laughs> it was just so spot on. Like it, this kid as well. If you ever see the behind the scenes videos he can cite Deadpool word for word. Like the kid is such a Ryan Reynolds fan. It would, it, it, and, and clearly, clearly Ryan Reynolds had such an effect on him as, as he just killed it in this role. I, I, I say, watch out for Walker Scoble, man, more things to come. It will be interesting too. Um, because if you think about free guy, uh, memory serves, um, you know, it, it was produced by Fox before the, the, the Disney buyout. Um, and then was able to kind of carry forward. And as we talked about, the, all the Marvel stuff kind of was added into it. Um, of course, the Adam Project was done for Netflix. Of course, anything that they do with Deadpool now is going to be specifically for um, for Disney. But I wonder how much of that is going to affect the way that the story and you know the connection to the greater MCU is going to be handled. I think the, there's only positivities that can come out of this, Wiss, because you got to think about Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds in the last two movies they did together with Free Guy and with um, The Atom Project, what we just watched. There's certain rules as to what you can reference and what you can't reference, but as long as it's a joke, you can make fun of it. I think there's like kind of a gray area there. Now they get a way bigger sandbox because of the sharing arrangement with Sony, the buyout of Fox... Like he, he, they basically have access to anyone that they want. If they want to have a cameo somewhere, if they want to, you know, talk about all the Professor X's, well, now they can talk about <laughs> Doctor Strange and Iron Man and Spider Man and uh, Tony Hawk. And well, like they could always talk about Tony Hawk, but they, I mean, like they, they could talk about whoever they want now. It's fantastic. I am curious because of any character. Um, can become a linchpin in this multiversal arc that Marvel is crafting. It's got to be Deadpool, Deadpool because Deadpool doesn't 
play by the rules. He never did. Um, and you saw that with, you know, all the, all the quips about the, you know, oh, the professor wants to see me, you know, which one McAvoy or Stewart? I can't keep it straight. Like, you know, <laughs> is Deadpool aside from Dr. Strange is Deadpool the only one who sees the multiverse for what it is? I'd be curious, um, if you had in Deadpool three something with Kang and or at least a a variant of Kang, it, it is curious because you know it's Deadpool could be so genius in this, or it could become a handicap in this. And there's a there's a fine line. There's there's an early script hanging around from Deadpool two where Ryan Reynolds was talking about it in an interview, and he was saying that in Deadpool two. And I don't know if he was fully joking or if he actually started writing this, but I do think that there's some kind of mock-up script or a work order or something where the initial plot was for Deadpool to steal one of the chairs from the voice. That's that's what he said the original plot was. So what if they just changed that a little bit and said he was stealing Kang's chair? <laughs> and also, there's also a slam dunk as well. I, I can't believe it's taken me this long to bring this up. There's a slam dunk with this. What was he doing in the post credit scene of Deadpool 2? Uh, I mean, aside from killing himself. If I could turn back time. <clears throat> right, Wolverine. He was tra- He was time traveling. Right? It means he could get lost and just, boom, he's in the MCU. Like, it's such a slam dunk storyline. It's, ah, uh, I love it. I love but, it. Uh, but does Deadpool affect the, the MCU in a bad way? Because if you think about it, there's a there's a lot of serious storylines going on, and anything that Deadpool touches is instantly almost taken into a comedic aspect. If you give him um, a series of characters that don't necessarily play into a bigger role, um, you know, you again, you could introduce a Nova, you could introduce a character like a Squirrel Girl, you could introduce these you know, kind of out there characters that aren't going to play much in the bigger MCU role until you get some kind of Galactus level event happening. Um, I know it's, it's curious. I'd be curious what they're going to do with that, or they're just going to kind of keep it, pull a Matt Reeves with a Batman and keep it separate from everything else. Well, so let me ask you this then. Did you have high hopes when they said they were bringing Cable in for the sequel? (sighs) Yes and no. Because he's a pretty serious and dark character. Hmm. I mean, the the fact that yeah, yeah, it was James Brolin. So the the fact that they brought Thanos in to actually do it, I think that was clever as hell. Um, and they've proven that they can kind of you know play with that. But you know, it was done really in a time when you know before the 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 Disney Fox buyout, so they could they could play in the sandbox of the X Men, of which Cable very much is knowing that it wasn't going to directly affect the MCU. Well, now it potentially could, but if they bring back a cable, they're going to have to bring back a different cable, I think. You know, call it a variant or whatever, but I think cable's days are done. Why is that? It's that voice. What do you mean it's that voice? voice. If you have cable come in sounding like Thanos... Yeah. Seriously, I, I don't know. It's, it's you just don't think you things. have a voice doppelganger somewhere out there? Oh, I'm, I feel sorry for them if if if, if I do. <laughs> you know what but, I mean, though. Like, I don't think it's that <laughs> big of a deal. I feel like the Thanos storyline, if he comes back, first off, there's no Thanos in this current timeline. Second off, if you pull him back from like a flashback or something, I feel like that's no harm, no foul, because he's not going to further your plot in any of the movies other than serve the current characters that are alive as backstory. 
it's he's going to be a backstory to Zoe Saldana's Gamora because mm-hmm. she's going to be lost among among the stars now, and she, he's going to serve as a backstory for Nebula, and that's pretty much it. Like I think we've kind of seen the last of the Black Order and Thanos. But, but, and spoiler but. alert for anyone who hasn't watched Inhumans. Oh At God! The, not Inhumans, but uh, sorry, um, uh, Eternals. Um, the end credit scene of Eternals. You have Star Fox, who, of course, is Thanos' brother. So I don't know if we're done with Thanos just yet. At least not the not the ripple effect of what Thanos did. We're not done with that. I just feel like in present day, I don't think it matters. Because, like, Deadpool stories are so grounded. And uh, other than if they do Deadpool kills... Then he just goes ham. Um, that's <laughs> that, that, a crazy storyline. That is literally the MCU rage quit, if ever there was one. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. And you know who I'd want to direct that? <clears throat> I, I love Sean Levy, and I love Sean Miller, and you're going to... He works with a lot of Sean's, actually, come to think of it. I thought it was, uh, it was Tim Miller. Oh, it was Tim, it was Tim Miller. Tim Miller. Who's yeah. Sean Miller? Oh, Sean Miller was like a pitcher in the baseball, I think. My God, I'm <laughs> mixed up. It's Stop. a backwards day. Stop doing your research at the same time as you're reading ESPN box scores, okay? <laughs> yeah, don't do school, kids. Stay in drugs. Mm-hmm. That's a drink, great message to get out there. Drink, drink your school. Don't do milk. Yeah. Don't drink while driving. Drink before you drive. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got all these bad lines. Don't listen to me, guys. I'm a bad influence. Uh, don't listen to me. Anyways, if Ke- we do Kevin want Hill's to move on. Kevin role was, model. <laughs> yeah, absolute role model. Well, you know who might be the biggest role model and is influencing our next superhero is Captain Marvel. We saw mm-hmm. her flying across the sky. Well, possibly. It could be somebody else. I think it's it's Carol Danvers flying across the sky in the latest poster for Miss Marvel. Our first look at Kamala Khan. Uh, she is the first Muslim Pakistani superhero in the Marvel Universe. The show is PG. Premieres June 8th. The trailer dropped on Tuesday. Wiss, set the floor. Set the table. Set the set something. Uh, set, serve, match, tennis. Just, no. just do something, man. I'll, I'll close my ESPN window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was getting some, some early Spider-Man vibes when the, you know, the beginning of the trailer with all the, you know, the, the drawings the on the vibes, screen. Right? Exactly. Oh, right? I love that. Yeah. And, and, and then you know, it switches to, I guess, what the, 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 the actual thing will look like. You know, it had that very much. Maybe maybe not to, to all the boys I've loved before, or something like that. But it had that vibe at the beginning, and then of course it started to feel more like you know what a, a Miss Marvel will uh, yeah. will, will be like. There is going to be a lot of tap dancing, I think, with this series, and it's not it has nothing to do with the characters. It has nothing to do with the storyline. It also it has, has nothing to do with actual tap dancing. For those of you that we're going to call them on that, uh, if there's tap dancing in this, I'm calling you on it. Yeah, we're going to be doing the review here like, wow, did we look stupid? <laughs> no, no, no. Did you look stupid? Because I call tap dancing. All right. <laughs> fine. We they're going to reshoot now. They're going to reshoot and then, you know, there's going to be tap dancing in episode four. There's and no the Mandal- Then the Mandalorian is going to show up in episode five. And the man, no. yeah, to save the series <laughs> if it's slow in pace, yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's two things that really stood out for me. Um, the first one, of course, is the origin of her powers because we don't know what these bracelets are. I'm not um, convinced she's an inhuman, by the way. I don't know. I don't know no. how you feel. I'm not convinced she's an inhuman. She put on those bracelets, and then she had this glowing fist thing, which mm-hmm. uh, divided a lot of people uh, that I that I talked to on Twitter, at least, um, where some of them were like, "I don't like it." 
um, but I get it. And one person was like, I really don't like it. I may not watch the series. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not true. Like Marvel, <laughs> take our money constantly. <laughs> yeah, you're, We're going to watch, watch it anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, there's a fine line to walk. And what? okay, now three things have pointed it to me as I'm, as I'm kind of running through my head. The first yeah, thing, the first thing that she says um, about, you know, how do the powers make, me, make her feel? The word she used was cosmic. And if we know anything about cosmic powers, um, for the most part, they come from Galactus. So, I mean, people have been speculating that Galactus is going to be, you know, a Thanos level type um, end game kind of thing uh, for the phase four, five, six, seven, however many it takes us to get to Galactus. Um, But of course, now that uh, Disney owns Fox, they can they can bring the silver surfer because they are going to do a, a fantastic four film. So there is that possibility. I, I heard a rumor actually the other day, sorry to cut you off, buddy, but I, okay. I heard a rumor the other day that the Avengers name itself for like films is like seemingly done. Like they're going to go with West coast Avengers. They're going to go with young Avengers, but I don't think we'll see another movie just titled Avengers. But get, but get. I'm sorry. Getting back to the yes. um, to the, the the tangents here. Uh, the second point I was going to bring up is, you know, as she's using these powers, did you notice that there's that use of the color purple again? Uh, and of course, when you know. Uh, Loki, whichever Loki you want to blame it on, uh, ripped up on the timeline. There's a lot of purple going on there. Of course, Kang is draped in purple, and in No Way Home, when when uh, you know the, when the multiverse is tearing open, there's a lot of purple there. So, you know, if you think that there's a theme in that, go, you know, going you know walking its way towards Kang, you're probably right there as well. You see, and there's two schools of thoughts, Wiss, because that was your first thought was purple. My first thought was, well, Monica Rambo in WandaVision looked kind of bluish, kind of turquoise, mm-hmm. and Captain Marvel is orange in her power level, so I'm thinking for the Marvels, they wanted to differentiate color, but I like your thought. I like mm-hmm. that. That's cool, too. And, of course, because it's a multiverse, because you have a, you know, a an, an infinite set of probabilities, it allows them to kind of pull away from the stench that was the Inhumans series. Um, let's be honest if Marvel ever had a misfire, it was that. But the fact that there's been no mention of the Terrigen mist, there's been no mention of, you know, Adelan existing ever since that, that series really bombed. Um, I mean, they can reference, you know, and then they don't mind bringing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, the fact that they brought Phil Coulson back for Captain Marvel as far as the the, the younger version of him went. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Quake eventually makes her way into uh, into a series or into a movie kind of thing. Do you think they keep Chloe Bennett or recast? I think they keep Chloe Bennett. I think I think she was absolutely perfect as Quake. You know? Did I ever tell and you my story with Chloe Bennett, by the way? No. So I... Uh, <laughs> I found out through watching an interview for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that she used to be a Chinese Chinese pop star or Korean pop star way back in her day. And she had Is a that- hit single called Uh-Oh. Okay. So I don't know why I thought this would be funny. I commented on every one of her Instagram posts, Uh-Oh. And one day, Wiss, and this will come as no surprise to anyone who's ever spammed a celebrity's Instagram before, I got blocked. <laughs> uh oh, you got blocked. Oh, is right. 
Oh. So that, that's the one time I got Chloe Bennett's attention. And it won't uh, be on this. She's not going to listen to this. No, she's she, she's like, it's the oh, oh guy. He has a voice. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. No, Uh-oh. then her reaction becomes George Takei. Oh, my. Uh, oh, my. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but, you know, I, I think she, she was phenomenal in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I also love Fitz and, uh, Fitz and Simmons in Agents They're of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're coming back. Though they have Je- Gemma Simmons' storyline is so intertwined with uh, Kamala Khan in the comics, you have to, you have to right? like, have her in there. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if uh, she has a cameo in the series and they're keeping it secret. But it is curious that they released the trailer now, especially since there was that there was that leak from I guess uh, just a still frame from mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness that showed all seven chairs of the Illuminati. I mean, obviously everyone's kind of in silhouette, so there's, you couldn't really make out aside from Professor X, you know, who's I mean, up I, there. You could and guess, we know, though. Yeah, we, we know Black Bolt in the comic books is part of the Illuminati. So does this pave the way for Anson Mount to appear as Black Bolt from the Inhuman series in the Multiverse of Madness. Because, I mean, you know, say what you will about that series, and there is a ton that we could say about that series, Which of which, you know, if you ever want to come on to the other podcast, it's not that bad, and we'll just go through the entire Inhuman series uh, and try to prove the goodness out of that one. Um, it might be hard, but we could try. But, but I don't think Anson Mount was part of the problem with that series he was actually i think you know i mean aside from lockjaw i think he was one of the better parts of the series i i agree i agree i have unfortunately um wasted a few hours of my life watching that series well i guess it's not wasted if we're going to talk about it on it's not like that <laughs> Gra- <laughs> Yay, grab reference. your pen <laughs> oh grab your pen God. grab your paper make Don't sure make no one do that again no, make sure no one's saying talking to you as you're watching the stuff for homework <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be, you know what it's going to be? It's going to have that same feeling if somebody comes down and knocks on my door. They're going to be like, Kevin, what are you doing? And I'm just, I'm flat out going to be like, yeah, just watching porn. I'm not going to admit that I'm watching Inhumans. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What's more shameful, watching porn or watching Inhumans? Inhumans. I don't want to get walked in watching Inhumans. Are you kidding me? Okay, What's but a if bald you're wa- Medusa doing on my screen? That's the only way you depower her, by the way. You give her a freaking haircut. <laughs> Well, I mean that that I think that worked for Metallica too. They cut their hair after the Black Album, and all of a sudden, like they <laughs> went downhill from there. Yeah, that's the, that's how see? you depower them. That, that is how that is how you depower Metallica. That is how you depower Medusa. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was there was some some good some bad in that series. Uh, ultimately, though, and it all stems back to Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds. Is that if the story is not written well, it doesn't matter what you decorated in special effects wise or action wise or sci fi wise, it doesn't matter. A shitty story doesn't do anyone any service whatsoever, and it makes people walk out of the theater, as I did in Star Wars Episode 9, because that story was so horribly written. But I don't blame JJ, and I'm not going off on a tangent right now. I'm not mad. You're mad. Oh, you see, see, I didn't mind episode nine. Could 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 there have been changes? Sure, but but this is not. It's not that bad. This is just Ray Skywalker. There, mic drop. No, I don't want to drop my mic. No, I I didn't say it was perfect. Didn't say it was perfect. But it's not that bad. This is is another plug. It's not that bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> and since we're talking about it's not that bad, we're going to step away for a couple of seconds here. Listen to a promo for it's not that bad. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog and the Pantheon of video game turned movies. And I'm going to go watch Green Lantern. See ya. Oh, God. You've heard it all before. Waste of film. Dumpster fire. How did this even get made? Rain rack. Total garbage. Snooze fest. Utterly painful. Worst film ever. But is it really? The show is called It's Not That Bad, and we dare to look at the lowest rated shows and movies and see only the good things. We're looking for A grades and B movies. It's Not That Bad. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Just Another Nerd Show. I'm Kevin Hillsden. Joining me is Jason Whistle. Oh, we got a doozy here, Wiss. We got Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer that just dropped. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm so excited, man. Like this, (laughs) I, I know I haven't said a bad thing yet about anything that we've done. But oh my God. Like the trailer drops and it just, they've added Knuckles. They've added Tails. What are your initial thoughts, man? Well, my initial thought is that you did talk bad about Inhumans earlier. But, you know, that's Inhumans. It's we're, a we're, piece we're, of garbage <laughs> that deserves to be laid to rest. No, sorry. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Ooh, anger issues. I like it. But no, I don't anyways. <laughs> yes, I'm not the an angry trailer. person. I'm just angry at Inhumans and mm-hmm. Star Wars. And you know what? Yeah. Let's. Star- Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> yeah, Sonic. Back to happy topic. Sonic 2. Find your center. Enjoy life. Okay. Sonic 2. The final trailer did drop. And yes, this is looking to continue on to the success from the first Sonic movie, which to me was a massive surprise as to, I mean, obviously kids were going to like this film to begin with. Um, fanboys and fangirls and fan everyone just did not like the way it initially looked. And I think they got a lot of almost forgiveness and and more happiness by the fact that they went back and they changed the CGI of Sonic because, yeah, the fans were right. That first trailer for that first Sonic film, Sonic looked creepy AF when they, you know, enlarged the eyes and looked like the video game. You know, it, it made the fans feel like they had a say in the film. And I think that definitely um, allowed the film to be more accepted by everyone because they accepted the advice of everyone. They were right. They were right to change the movie and everyone was happy with the first Sonic. And it was a lot of fun, not just as a kid's movie, but as a good action film, it was a lot of fun. But that first trailer, a Mm -hmm. freaking horror film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just saying. Absolutely. Uh, Of which this just proves that um, unless, you know, unless you're, you're tweeting at random celebrities, uh uh-oh, it's okay to voice your opinion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to bring that back, didn't I? (laughs) I'm never going to live that down with you, man. Never, never. I'm just going to randomly text you, uh uh-oh, and see what happens. (laughs) You're, you're gonna get you're gonna get a gif of me just giving you the bird or something. <laughs> okay, but, but, but with Sonic, man, like I I like that in this trailer they're seemingly adding on to the original plot lines where they're giving us more of what we want and more of what we liked. Where if mm-hmm. you're gonna cast Idris Elba as Knuckles, give me a 
truly video game authentic Tails voice. And I mm-hmm. freaking love her as Tails. Love her. And it's such a great adaptation, too, because, you know, I get it. For a long time when I was a kid, I was always saying, oh, why can't they just do a Cybertron Transformers movie? And then, of course, somebody always had to remind me, well, you need a human element to it. You need to cast human actors in it. No, you don't. Okay, I get it. So the Sonic storyline has to have a human element to it. I think it's the best version of of what you get with that, though. Like, Jim Carrey as Eggman is magnificent. I love him. He gets to be Jim Carrey. It's awesome and it's fun. Sonic is fun. Tails seems great. Knuckles seems super intense. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he's clearly started off on the wrong side of things. But they'll get the trio together and... They found this green gem, which once again, pulling right out of the video games, and I'm mm-hmm. all for it, man. Take my money. Wisp, please. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> please. You're you're not wrong. I mean, they had to up the game because Sonic was such a hit. They had to up their game because they are, and you know, this this may be kind of going out on a limb here. They so are venom. This, <laughs> no, that's wrong. This, Sorry. No, no, we're not. No. Um, But this series now, you know, if Sonic 2 does at least at minimum as well as the first one, Sonic the movies um, becomes the benchmark for what a video game movie needs to strive to be or even a video game adaptation into a TV series like we're going to get with Halo. Um, And that's that's a high bar to hit. Because you had fan service, fan acceptance, good story writing, good action, fun laughs. Like Sonic, the first movie, had everything and then some, including a a, a phenomenal actor to handle an over-the-top. Like there was just so much. You're right. There's just so much good about that first Sonic film. Mm -hmm. It looks like they took the lessons from the first, adapted it to the second, and built upon it. Um, First of all, I love the voice of Idris Elba as Knuckles. I think it's great. I will admit, very intense. mm, Yes. I, I will admit that I was not a Sonic kid growing up i didn't play the sega game so i'm a little out of my element as far as like the the vast you know sonic verse of characters although my uh, my youngest is filling me in on every single one of them and yeah it's, there's there's a lot right yeah. um yeah but yeah. I, like I that think... one book of boba fett episode where there was like <laughs> multiple different colored bikes and everyone was a different ethnicity that's right. the sonic universe and there's like 50 shades of sonic like that's oh god did i just create another franchise you did <laughs> there's you 50 very much shades did. of sonic no but there's there's a, sonic whole, there's a whole storyline where they create like metal hedgehogs and then there's a whole storyline where shadow is a clone of sonic and that's by the way i would like to throw in that idea for the third of this trilogy is introduce shadow rogue or rouge i never really got how to say her name uh, and Amy Rose as well. That would be awesome. It will be interesting though, because if you throw Shadow into a uh, into the third film, you're going to get a lot of Tobey Maguire Spider Man era references because yeah. of the fact that that's what Venom use it for right? marketing. Use it and do and a poster where it's on on the side of a, uh, a, a a skyscraper. Do it with Sonic and Shadow. I think that would be great for marketing. Lean into it. Lean into it. And, I think it's and great. that. 
And that's the thing that they're definitely doing with the second one based on the trailer is that they are leaning into the pop culture. You know, the fact that he's, you know, the blue shadow and doing his best, you know, his best Batman imitations kind of thing. Like, lean into it, have fun with it. And yes, I think you're right. Um, and this may be the only time I ever say that. Um, but, <laughs> right. And, and crap, it's recorded too. I can't get around this. Delete, delete, delete. Nope, but nope I'm editing this. I'm keeping it all. I'm keeping it all. I'm taking out the, all the uh-oh parts though. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> but it's but yeah, fun. if they if if they do shadow and they and they do mimic the advertising campaign of Spider Man three, yeah, people are going to to see it, recognize it for exactly what it is, and I think accept it more. Like Sonic, again, this is if Sonic two turns out to be as good a movie as the first one, Sonic could almost become um, fail proof in the fact that they have all the goodwill kind of like how marvel's feeling these days like just you know can do no wrong no matter what critics may say about a movie like eternals which i still think while slow at times little plotting little convoluted but still not a bad film yeah but there's there's a there's a good and a bad about this it's good because sonic proves that you can make a very very good video game turned movie the bad part is it sets the bar very high for everything that comes after it and much like every studio in the history of ever anytime something good is made they're going to go out and find as many of those things as they can get their hands on and then and they're going to try the crossovers and, too oh. exactly yeah. and I mean like you know there were maybe lower expectations for Sonic because of A that first trailer but B you know the the road is filled with so much roadkill when it comes to video games turned into movies. I'm looking at you, Warcraft. I'm looking at you, Blood Rain. I'm looking at basically anything Yui Bowl put his hands on. Um, maybe yeah, Warcraft the, uh, was interesting. I, I had high hopes for that movie coming in, and then it just it didn't yeah. just drop the ball. I feel like it threw it out the window, and the window was still closed, and it broke the window. Yeah, I mean, like the first Tomb Raider, you know, got a lot of love, and I yeah. think that's more because of Angelina Detective Jolie. Detective Pikachu who's, is also a video game to, it, to scream. Well, I mean, you you that was a deep dive of a video game, though. Yes, it was yeah. still in the Pikachu verse, but that's a deep dive, and and again, you know, with Ryan Reynolds in there, that's uh, that that's big. But I mean, there are so many good video game storylines out there, like games with good, you know, things that you could turn into something like that yeah. but you know it's like you know what else i just had a thought <laughs> i just had a thought and this is all tying it up to the beginning <laughs> walker scoble mm-hmm. ash ketchum i don't hate that i don't hate that either <laughs> i really don't I, I'm, really? down, I'm down a petition for walker scoble to be iron lad for him to be ash ketchum for him to be nova like if he wants the part he's got it <laughs> You realize you're going to get like a phone call from like his agent saying, we really like the way you pitch Walker Skull. How would you like yeah. to join the team? Right. But and oh, I mean, De- Detective Pikachu did prove that you could do a live action CGI Pokemon film. So why not go down that road? Yeah. You know, you, there are enough people out there that you could you could get to make a really good team rocket. So, yeah, absolutely. Like go down that road. Why not? But again, it would still have to hit the bar that Sonic has hit as far as a video game turned um, turned live action film. And, you know, 
Halo might be the, the 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 pressure gauge of what we're going to see. If Halo comes across and Halo fans really like the way it's it's done, then yeah, you're going to see a lot of video games turned into movies for better or for worse. But at least as far as Sonic goes, it looks like we're in good hands. Yeah, yeah, I know. For for Sonic, I'm I'm very excited for the future of this. Um, it does look like. This is, it's going to give us more, like the nice thing at least that I noticed was that Dr. Eggman, Jim Carrey's Dr. Eggman, looked very, um, he looked, he looked good. They gave him the right outfit in the first one. And in this one, they kind of made his mustache look a little closer. They gave him the, the, the video game accurate, uh, goggles on the top of his head with no strap. That was a nice attention to detail that we did notice. I don't know if, uh, they thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just a very nice notion. It was very nice. So long as we don't go so far as, you know, grab a video game with a very minimal storyline and try to try to like drag a movie kicking and screaming out of it. Uh, I'm looking at you, Battleship. Looking at you. Like discount Transformers based on a board game. No and no. Um, like I, I don't know if I could, if I would want to see a Grand Theft Auto movie. No, are you kidding? I, I don't know. No. We, we already saw... I saw Straight Outta Compton, man. That's fine. That's <laughs> for me. I'm okay. I, I, I watched The Sopranos when it was on TV. We're, we're good. We're good. We're fine. Say, it's though, all good. Uh, now that you say that out loud, a GTA movie... Wasn't that gone in 60 seconds? No, I... I you know what? <laughs> now, that, now that you got me thinking about it... Because the if you've played... Have you played Grand Theft Auto Five? I have not played Grand Theft Auto V. I mean, admittedly, my... Uh, it's okay. My, it's my, only been out for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been watching bad movies, you know? Um, yeah, and then trying to claim why they're not that bad. <laughs> it's it's a life mission. It's a life goal. Of course. Of course. <laughs> no, I actually think GTA V would make a... Like, that storyline was not awful. Because you're following... So I got to think of it from the, from the stand of... Um, when you're dealing with a lot of characters, my bar now is set at Infinity War. So they mm-hmm. were able to handle, I think the number is 56 different Marvel heroes. And obviously not all of them got their due. But the ones that were pertinent to the story got their due. So when you have a GTA V uh, movie, potentially, uh, obviously it won't be called GTA V. That's a working title, folks. Um, but kind of based on that storyline a little bit, I feel like if you had those three guys, the three core guys, I think you could do a story with those three. I can't even get into who I'd cast for them because I'd have to think about what the story would be and whatnot. And I have to also think of who's too much of a degenerate to be Trevor. Um, But you could definitely have some fun with it. Um, Yeah, I'm actually quite intrigued by that. Grand Theft Auto. And they'd have to have like a scene where the guy goes to the strip club and just sits there and is like, why am I here? And he, he's like, <laughs> like the bouncers like peeking in from the outside and is like, don't touch. And then you're like, you know, every, every, what everyone does when they first get the game is they drive to the strip club and the bouncers looking at them all weird, you know, and they're flashing dollar bills at them until they run out of money. And then they get booted out of the strip club because they did something a little too over the line. It's, it's GTA. That's GTA for you. I don't. I don't know if it would work as a movie. I could see it as a limited series, maybe. But that. Oh, I like that better. Okay, I'm taking right? your idea. I like that better. Right. All right. Start writing. No, start I'm writing. not writing. I'm not writing anymore. <laughs> no, I already wrote it up for the Ada project. 
<laughs> Liberty City Stories appearing now on Netflix. Oh, maybe. That Call it Liberty could. City. That's the name of it. <laughs> I, I, I am curious who you would cast. And I am curious if one of those people in there might be an Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, it was talked about this week uh, that oh. she is... See? Segue, right? Um, that she is uh, heavily rumored to play... Harley Quinn in the Matt Reeves upcoming Arkham series, um, or maybe in like you know, the next The Batman kind of thing. Yeah, once we you're cast, talk- you're cast. Exactly. But we talked a little bit about, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of a Harley Quinn would we get? We talked about this last week, and I mentioned, and Ivana Lynch, Anya Taylor-Joy, I think would be phenomenal. And I'd be curious if they do start her off as Harleen Quinzel and then eventually transition her. Like if the Arkham series is meant to transition Harleen Quinzel into Harley Quinn and help develop Barry Kilgan as Joker, mm-hmm. that's a fascinating uh, limited series. Like maybe just six episodes. Um, you know, go the BBC route and have a short series to develop the story so you're not, so you're not, you know, you're not squeezing the the cow to drive storyline but i think she would she would be very interesting um it's it's interesting though because she has a bit of a checkered past as far as comic book properties go because of course she was magic in the new mutants and if ever there was a fox marvel misstep the new the new mutants was definitely that um but this could definitely be a a, a turnaround story for her um what are your thoughts though as i, I don't Taylor think Joy that is? the magic misstep was her i think i think that story was poorly written Oh, there was so much wrong. I with also that. think that when they laid out the characters they were going to use, if they did that before they wrote the story, that was their misstep. Um, having said that, this is probably the first negative thing I'm going to say on this show about one of our our topics is Anya Taylor Joy. I I just think, you know what? I hope she does well because at the end of the day, us as comic book fans and us as as movie consumers and TV show consumers, we hope that they kill it every time. Right. Unfortunately, it's the times where they don't do so well that make the times where others do succeed that much more successful. And unfortunately, um, uh, let me phrase it this way to you. Who was the Joker after Heath Ledger? First Uh, name. First name. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Everyone's favorite Joker. After Heath Ledger? First one after Heath Ledger. Oh, God, it was Jared Leto. Exactly. And Margot Robbie Uh, killed it as Harley Quinn. Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm worried about Anya Taylor-Joy, because when somebody does so well with something, it's the next person that comes in that has this unbearable weight on their shoulders to have to succeed at the same rate as their successor. Did I say that right? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In a, in a forwards, backwards, you know. Yeah, kind of. Adam but project You get what I'm way. saying, right? Like, uh, I, I, I love her, and I think she's in, an incredibly talented, incredibly young actress. I hope she does well. I just don't think that the chips are lining up right now in her favor. Having said that, having said that, I said the same thing about Robert Pattinson, and he blew me away. So I'm hoping for greatness. And, and there's the thing, too. Like, the Batman 
is totally different from, and we talked about this last week, the Batman is totally different from everything that came before it. If Matt Reeves is developing an Arkham series, whether it be short or like a full 10 or 12 episode run, and they're not casting Harley Quinn, but they're casting Dr. Harleen Quinzel, that kind of leads it more towards um, what Anya Taylor-Joy could do. Um, all you have to do is take a look at some of her, her past films, and I'm you know the first one that comes to mind is Last Night in Soho. So I think she could easily handle that. It's a shame though because I pictured and I and I saw like a couple other people had mentioned this on Twitter as well. Um, she would have made a good enchantress in the MCU. Um, I had her in mind as enchantress, or um, I had Lily Reinhardt in mind for enchantress. Of course, Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale. Um, I think. That, but that's if they go down the Enchantress road. I was going to say, you know that I'm okay with not having an Enchantress. But I think but Sylvie's playing be. that role. But you tell me, having you know Loki, you know Sylvie Loki, um, have to go tete a tete with it with Enchantress, or Tom Hiddleston Loki having to make a deal with Enchantress to help you know to get him back to Sylvie Loki. Um, there's just there's ways you can go about that, but. Okay, okay. Maybe there will come a day where Tom Hiddleston moves on from the role, and then you have Sylvie as the main Loki, and you introduce Enchantress, and then they're able to do a little more LGBTQ stuff, right? Because I know, like, a lot of fans were upset when um, when Loki was, um, I think he came out as bi in his series. And then he they kind of, everything. But then they also kind of did nothing with it. Right, like they just said it, and then they had him in a hetero, seemingly hetero relationship with Sylvie. So, what if down the road they had that was like a open door for Sylvie to also be by, and for her to have a relationship with Enchantress that's also super abusive, like in the comics with Loki and Enchantress, because those two are inseparable, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it could go any any which way, but you have to have a very strong actress in the Enchantress role. I think Anya Taylor-Joy could have done it. I think Lily Reinhardt would be great for it, um, but I, I do, I can picture Anya Taylor-Joy. I think Taylor Walker Joy. Scoble would be great for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're he, casting he him in everything, everything now. <laughs> no, no, no. Walker Scoble gets to be Alligator Loki. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> he can be Prince Loki. Oh my God, there's another one. There you go. The, the young Loki. Prince Loki. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Another variant. Oh my God, um, love it. <laughs> But but yeah, like I could picture, you know, if, if you're focusing your Arkham Asylum series based on the studies of Dr. Harleen Quinzel in dealing with the patients at Arkham Asylum, that could be very cool. And Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, I think she could easily. Um, yeah, you have her as a Harleen Quinzel, not a Harley uh, Quinn. Exactly, Love and that. that would help. That would help differentiate um, the Anya Taylor Joy, Harleen Quinzel, from the Margot Robbie, um, Harley Quinn. Yes, because you're right. Margot Robbie has very much, you know, become iconic as Harley Quinn to the point of, I don't think you could picture anyone getting that outfit and pull off that voice and that performance afterwards it's 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 margot robbie's that's the thing i'm worried about with anya taylor joy i feel like we kind of got to protect her a little bit from this like you got to do it so different that we're not comparing the two but to the same token as well 
if you're doing an Arkham series based on that, then you've got to find someone to fit those roles. And you've got to find someone who's strong enough to be able to handle it. Um, but speaking of casting, and this one kind of came up this week as well, is that Sydney Sweeney uh, from Euphoria has officially been cast into the Madam Web series to star opposite Dakota Johnson in this. Yes. Um, as, as they continue to build out the Sony Spider-Verse of movies. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know where they're going with with madam web as 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 an option like venom makes sense morbius yeah absolutely makes sense you know if they if, they, if they're working their way towards the sinister six that's that's fine um there was also rumors of a you know a black cat um silver that, sable I, I heard that's movie, who she was right? cast as yeah like that and then, that and then sh- did you you know the rumor that i texted you about today that i now yeah. i now think is connected because what better way to introduce a live-action version of this character than in the Madam Web storyline? Then, and then and they are talking about doing a Silks uh, movie as well. So, um, it's 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 a slow move right now with the Sony Spider Verse. Um, well, wait, know. I was telling you earlier today that Jaden Smith was. Mm-hmm. The, as, like as that's well. the big that's the big thing today because his dad was being a freaking spoiler on uh, one of the one of the podcasts <laughs> he was on. He was talking about uh, oh yeah, Jaden's working out for Prince. this role that's really well known, and you know he can't talk about it. And I'm like, oh my god, Will, you might as well just say it. Like <laughs> right. at this point, you're talking about the only the only thing that matters. Like he's probably Miles Morales, and I'm all for it, man. That that would that would be a very good casting. Um, you know, since we're talking about the Sony Spider Verse, I have to ask um, because, of course, there was a lot of speculation um, when No Way Home was was being made of Emma Stone returning as Spider Gwen. But considering the the age of some of the, the the actors, like like does Emma Stone come back as Spider Gwen, or do they or do they go forward with somebody else in that role? If she comes back if, if she, she comes, comes back. back and if they're able to uh, put together the cast that I hope they can put together because I, I hope uh, Sydney Sweeney is playing black cat I think that'd be really cool um, it, it, and, I, and I hope pull off a and black I hope, cat yeah and I hope Jaden Smith uh, comes you know to be Miles Morales and I know we got uh, 50 shades of gray Dakota Fanning nope Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson, yeah. Thank you, Dakota Johnson, um, <laughs> <laughs> playing D- Dakota Webb. Fanning. Very different, Madam Web. Very yes. different. We're we're now taking too much Twilight stuff. Um, <laughs> Dakota Fanning, yeah. Where, what has she done? Oh my God. Anyways, no, not not much lately. I don't think. Not it, much. It, no, I haven't heard her name in a while. Not since I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if they can put together the cast that I hope they can put together. I think Emma Stone can maybe play the version of like uh, Jack Johnson's Spider-Man, Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider-Verse, where they're kind of a one-off, kind of. Uh, obviously, they're doing a sequel now, so he's coming back, like for sure. But I mean, I would like love a, to see. Well, like maybe she's playing the sacrifice play the whole time, and she's a little mm-hmm. on the older side, and she's mentoring them, and because like right now, if you're going to do it canonically. I don't think Jaden Smith is that much younger than Tom Holland. I think they might actually be the same age or close right. to. 
So if you're going to have one help out the other, like in the video game when they did um, the, the Marvel Sony Spider-Man game, um, they had Spider-Man full-fledged adult Spider-Man, which it made sense to mentor a teenage Miles Morales. If Jaden Smith, though, is Miles Morales, do you cast Will Smith as his father? No, God, no. Or or no. do you cast him as the Prowler? No. No? No, you don't. Don't. I would not touch Will Smith. Title of my sex tape. Nope. Wait, that's wrong. <laughs> Never mind. Wait, stop. No, damn it. Uh-oh. You, Uh-oh. You're going to get blocked by him now on Instagram. Uh, is that a thing? No, wait, no. No, <laughs> no I just wouldn't because they're history together. As much as I love mm. Will Smith, and, and I, I enjoy Jaden Smith's movies. I'm one of the few that actually enjoyed his Karate Kid. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Whatever. I don't care. Um, but when they're in movies together, like it was After Earth, that was the movie they were in. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, Pursuit of Happiness was nice. Pursuit um, of Happiness was a great movie. Like it was nice. I, it was very heartfelt. I just don't love them together. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Will to perform because Daddy's at work, and there's a lot of pressure on Jaden to perform because Daddy got me this job. So I don't really want that. I I would love for them to be separate. And then eventually, maybe you start Will in a different role in a different movie. And then if they cross paths, then they've both earned it. Like, not that Will needs to earn it. You know what I mean. <laughs> Work for your money, Will Smith. But or, no, yeah. I, but I, but I think, and, and just hear me out on this one here. I wouldn't mind him as um, Prowler now, now that I'm thinking about it. But I just don't, I don't, ah. Hear, hear me out on this one here, all right? Because if you cast Will Smith as... Jaden Smith's father, like the the, oh, the, the, father, the father, the father, the father of Miles Morales, you right? And of course, right? And then, then uh, of course, we saw how that dynamic is in uh, in Into the Spider Verse. This would allow Will Smith to channel his, you know, pull a reference here, channel his Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. and if he pulled that kind of fatherly performance, I think it's it nails it. Not bad. Although Prowler, Prowler now it. that I'm thinking about it, has already been cast, right? He was Childish Gambino. Yes. Yes, Donald he, he Glover. He was in uh, Spider-Man. So if they're going to make a whole connected thing, they might as well just keep Donald Glover. He's a, he's a tremendous actor. He might as well just do it. But again, yes. If if Will Smith is going to channel the, the, the most Uncle Phil performance that he can, then I think he makes a great casting in that role. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And But you have to kill him off in that movie. But but that was always the kind of like the Marvel way too is that if you're gonna cast a you make them look not like a, um, you ever seen the not, movie not Bright? Necessarily, uh, I, I haven't actually the movie Bright great movie uh, super nerdy for anyone out there who has not seen it <laughs> I loved it and it was freaking awesome there was like fairies uh, elves uh, like it, it's like every nerdy term from Lord of the Rings from anything uh, it's all in there and it's just about this beat cop. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's, it's, Will Smith. it's got all that. It's got that, all that's that. That's exactly his costume for the Miles Morales story. That's exactly like look up Google images of it. I swear to God, that's that's exactly what you're picturing. So you you mentioned all that stuff that was in it. And I'm like, you you were watching Sucker Punch again, which correct me if I'm wrong, was Dakota Fanning. As I recall, Dakota it's Fanning. It all comes we back go. to we, Dakota we, Fanning we, or Walker Scoble we, today. From sure. we've got, we we have come. 
to you know come full circle, which means we've also come, I think, to the end of this episode of just another nerd show. However, we want to leave you with yes. something. We want to we want to leave you with something to think about. We want to leave you with a trivia question, and not that we have anything to give you except for maybe a pat on the back and a, and a shout out in the next episode. But if you know the answer to this week's trivia question, hit us up uh, at Another Nerd Show. Let us know and we will absolutely happily shout you out next week in the episode. But here is your trivia question of the week because we were talking about the Miss Marvel trailer that, that dropped earlier. We're going to go to the comics on this one here. Who was the first Marvel character, um, obviously we're talking superheroes here, that Kamala Khan actually teamed up with in her own comic book line. All right, and here are your options. It's multi-choice, all right? So we're gonna, we're gonna go easy on you here. Um, a, was it Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel? B, was it Black Bolt? C, was it Wolverine? Or D, was it Iron Man? Remember, on Twitter, at another nerd show if you know the answer hit us up take your take your best shot and even if you're even if you're not the first one to get it we'll we will mention everyone who gets the right answer so long as it's not like a big threat of like oh yeah no i said this one i said it was this one so because we don't want to spend two hours just listing names (laughs) okay um yes vote and comment below what your answer was so that we know who to give shout outs to and then remember on Friday to find us at another nerd show on Twitter. Uh, we're talking Walker Scoble in Fancast Fridays. What are your thoughts? Could it be Nova? Could it be somebody else? Do you picture someone else's Nova? Let us know your your thoughts and theories on this one as well. Kev, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, what have you got on the plate? What are you watching this week? What are you digesting nerd wise? I am going back and watching everything Dakota Fanning from 2003 and forward. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sitting here trying to think exactly how many movies that would be and yeah, yep, that's uh that could be a few. She's been in a few. That could that could be a few. I, I don't have IMDb in front of me, so I don't have that answer. We're we're not doing 6 degrees of Dakota Fanning. No, Chloe no. Bennett to Dakota Chloe Bennett to Dakota Fanning. Uh-oh. No. Uh- <laughs> I'll tell you all the letters in between are UH-OH. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. That 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 will be the name of our next episode. Just uh oh. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I I am Jason. He's Kevin. Uh, you can find me at Fix and Post. You can also find my other podcast. It's not that bad. At not that bad cast. Kev, where can they find you out on the interwebs? Uh, on the interwebs, you can find me at another nerd show, or at Kevin underscore Hillsden on Twitter. Um, at Keverly Hills underscore on Instagram, but you know, Instagram's Instagram, so feel free to. <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, everyone can find you there except for Chloe Bennett. That's it. That's it. There you go. If you want to see me comment on somebody else's celebrity post, just hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ev- every, everyone find Kev on Instagram and just whatever picture you find first, just go, uh oh, and see what happens. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, we've we've gone there. Until next week, this is just another show. For Kev, I am Jay. We'll see you next time. See ya.